We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski, and on my right I have Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in Stupendous South St. Louis. <laughs> so they're working on it. They're working. It was super duper last week, yes. not stupendous. Stupendous. We have an S. It's but still, yeah, it's okay. a different, a different so S. Trying, trying to find the best. The best of phrase to use. The best one for 2020. (laughs) New year. New decade. New New decade. decade. New feel. Um, Speaking of it being a new year and a new decade, I am really excited, as I'm sure you are, because there are these wonderful holidays we have in the church year, and a lot of times they just get passed over. You know, we just, well, if they don't fall on a Sunday, honestly, you know, I'm sorry to say, we don't have church every day, so if it doesn't fall on a Sunday, they kind of get overlooked. But this year, Matt, we're going to be able to celebrate a really, really great holiday because it does fall on a Sunday. In fact, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow, February 2nd. Do you know what I'm talking about, Matt? I'm excited too, John. Yeah, of yeah. course. What is it? What is it? It is, as our listeners, the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, and that is something to be excited about because my Kansas City Chiefs, after 50 years, I remember 50 years ago of them beating somebody. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings, how could I forget that? Yes, so that is, but but Matt, that's always on a Sunday. So I don't know about your church. We always celebrated Super Bowl Sunday in our church. We had the had the little weenies and the and the the chips and the dip at, at after services and stuff. I'm sure that's what you're doing, aren't you? <laughs> the weenies and the chips and dip. <laughs> well, of course, this is what you do. Our weenies are bacon wrapped usually. <laughs> oh, oh I'm, I'm going to be at your place tomorrow. I know. What, what makes a, a cocktail weenie even less healthy? <laughs> Wrapping and bacon. Wrapping and bacon. <laughs> No, no, that's not what it is, because that always falls on Sunday. Come on, come on. You know what the big festival okay, is? Okay, let's say. And this, is, this year, it's going to be right on February 2nd, oh, so yep. we can celebrate This it. year, uniquely this year, yep, yep. I've got this, uh, yep, yep. Groundhog Day, right? <laughs> well, Groundhog Day, we'll celebrate that. If we see the pastor's shadow, it's six more weeks of winter, whatever the whatever the tradition is. Well, well you are right. If you want to celebrate, <laughs> if you want to get out the Groundhog Pyramids, this is one of the rare years you get to use them. I know that usually just hang in the closet because yes this is also groundhog but no no that's not the particular church festival i was thinking about would you like to think about it matt this 40 days it's february 2nd is 40 days after the birth of jesus christ it falls on a sunday this year 2020 what is the significance of 40 days 40 after the birth of jesus days. christ uh Mary's purification. That's what it is. That's right. So we will get to celebrate that uh, on usually, a Sunday. On a Sunday. Usually, it just we don't even think about it. But in fact, so let's read the story real quick. Have you got it there, Luke chapter two? Let's see here. All right. Uh, let me find it. Luke chapter two. Uh, yeah, verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-two. Okay. Verse twenty-two. Okay. Yeah. All right. Luke chapter two, verse twenty-two. Here we go. Right after that Christmas account. Uh, this is one of the next things that happens. Uh, and we right. get to celebrate it. So, so tomorrow yeah. when you go to church, ask your pastor if you'll have a special prayer 
about because uh, it's a big, big church holiday. One of the actually historically one of the top six church festivals. Whoa. Did you know that? Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know people kept a list. <laughs> one of the top six, not yeah. top ten, not well, top five, top six. Well, that's right. So anyway, <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll pray for that right after we pray for the Chiefs. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please do pray. They're going to need everything. They're playing San Francisco. Yeah. There we go. Okay. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Okay. So there, there, and, and, and what's really crazy about this, Matt, if you think about it, uh, this is the only place this is recorded. Uh, uh, you've got Matthew, you've got Mark, you've got John, all good Jew boys, you know, and you think they might have mentioned this because this is this rather obscure Jewish uh, tradition. We don't do anything like this in the church anymore. I, I don't know. Uh, we don't offer any sacrifices or anything. We're not bringing any lambs. And, and, and uh, I, we, there, there used to be a prayer for the churching of women. Did you, do you remember that? That's uh, probably before my time, John. The well, churching uh, of women. Well, see, what that, exactly is the churching well, of women? When, when a woman would have a child, and the first time she would be back to church okay. with that child, there was actually a prayer. It was called the churching, the churching. Of, of, of the woman, and we'd have a special prayer for that. But see, even that, that's kind of just fallen into disuse. No one, you don't have a special prayer when when, when the, the gal shows up with a baby, do you? No, no, no. We, yep. No, we don't. Oh, okay. We probably wouldn't call it the churching of women. <laughs> we probably wouldn't did. call it that anyway. But that's what we used to call it back in the old days, being Marty Luther. <laughs> uh, um, so so now I forgot what I was going to talk about. <laughs> Sorry, I got off track. Oh, it's only Luke. Yes, that's what it is. Yes. It's only but and he's a Gentile. He's a Gentile. So why would he care? Why would he bring up this rather obscure Jewish tradition that no one even worries about anymore? Well, I want I want to wrestle with that as we wrestle with the basics today. All right. But but here's the first thing I want to point out. So we're bringing the the woman in and the child and for the purification. It says the purification. And what did you need to do for a purification? What was necessary? Make a sacrifice of some sort. Yeah, make a sacrifice. That's had to be done. Uh, and that's what I'd really like to talk about today. I'd like to talk about making sacrifices. Because honestly, every religion has some kind of sacrifice. That's my, my theory. I think even atheists, even atheists, a lot of atheists would say you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to be successful, yeah, it's up to you. You've got to make the sacrifices to, to get things accomplished. So even, even with atheism, there's this thought that we need to make a sacrifice in order to get things done, in order to get things purified. Um, in fact, we talked about this a few weeks ago. This is, this is what kind of tickled me. Do you remember why it is that, that in the Roman Empire, Christians were hated? I did not know this. That's why I bring it up again. Because I just figured they hated us because we were Christians. But there was a very specific reason why Romans hated Christians. On the other hand, they tolerated Jews. Didn't really like Jews, but they tolerated them. But more, they hated and persecuted Christians. You know why that is? Uh they didn't conform to to Rome, and part of that was they didn't make these these sacrifices. These sac- well, the Jews would, but yeah, the Christians yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, well, see, that was the thing. Uh, uh, you were supposed to sacrifice to the gods of Rome, 
Well, that's why we didn't really care for the Jews, because they didn't sacrifice to the gods of Rome, but at least they made a sacrifice. And who knows? Maybe their god has some power. Maybe he has some influence. Okay, so at least they're sacrificing to a god and trying to make things right. But you darn Christians, you don't sacrifice to anybody. And that's going to be a problem, isn't it? You know, uh, um, so here's the other thing. So the gods get mad at Rome. It's because you Christians. Because you're not making the sacrifices you need to make. Uh, um, and, and what's really interesting about this, if you study the history of the Roman Empire, you didn't actually have to believe in the Roman gods. That, that, was, that was okay mm-hmm. if you didn't believe in them. And I think probably there was a lot of secularism in Rome, even as there is in our country today. So there's probably people that didn't believe in the Roman gods. As long as you made the sacrifices, that was okay. God really doesn't care whether you believe in him or not, but as long as you pay your dues, as long as you make your sacrifices, then that, that's going to be okay. As long as you're doing something. Right. So, so you know what that's called? There's actually a Latin phrase for that. You remember that from your doctrine days when you were talking <clears throat> about all of the uh, reading your Lutheran confessions and stuff and all that? You got to look at my study notes here, John. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, ex opere operato. Right, right. And, and, and honestly, here's the sad thing at the time of the Reformation. That is exactly how the church operated, too. Didn't matter whether you really understood what was going on in a church service, but if you made the sacrifice of sitting there in the pew for that hour listening to these Latin things that you had no idea what they meant, that was okay. Because as long as you did it, that's all that mattered. You made the sacrifice, see? Yeah. And then everything's taken care of. So that Latin phrase means... Do the work worked right? So it's in the yeah. it's just in the doing of this thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Out of the work, it works. Yeah, so just by doing it, 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 it gets done. Um, now let, let's talk where this comes from, because obviously in the Old Testament there were sacrifices, right? Oh yeah, all sorts. Uh, and, and so here's another new thing that that I learned, and I, that's you know I'm an old guy, and yet I'm still learning new things. Don't remember them a long time. <laughs> That's why we got to get it in right away, because, right. you know, by next week, I might have forgotten this stuff. Write it down. Write it down, John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, actually, I did. <laughs> Funny you should say. There it is. It's written down. Uh, that was the crinkling of paper. Uh, I wonder how that goes over the air like that. Um, so where were we at? Oh, two kinds of sacrifices. Uh, the first one is, oh, I love the word. It's propitiatory. We, we actually get that from the Bible. It has the word propitiation. Would you like to tell people what a propitiatory sacrifice is, Matt? Yeah, so it, it's that, that the, the sacrifices for sin, right, are yeah. burn offerings. Uh, and ultimately, of course, we keep in mind, well, those, those sacrifices for sin, they're pointing ahead to the one who would take away all sin, that ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, see, the pagans didn't understand that. The pagans saw the Jews making sacrifices, and they thought, oh, you're making sacrifices the way we make sacrifices, right? Why does a pagan make a sacrifice? To just appease a god out there, something out there. We're we're paying them off. We're paying them off. Here, give you a lamb. We'll give you a bull. Everything will be okay. We kind of gave you, well, we we do the same thing. We give our tithe, right? Here's our 10%, Lord. That takes care of us, buddy. We can do whatever we want with a 90%, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that... But but as you said, that isn't really what the believing Jews were doing. The believing Jews understood, well, Matt, think about it. So the Day of Atonement, probably the greatest day of sacrifice, and you bring one lamb in to the temple, you sacrifice that lamb, and it takes care of the entire sins of the nation of Israel. Really? Is that <laughs> Honestly, enough? Do you think God's going to be satisfied with one lousy lamb? That's going to take care of the sins of all. So obviously they didn't believe that. In fact... Let's do a little scripture study here to prove to you that they didn't believe that. 
Hebrews, from the book of Hebrews. Do you have that passage there, Yeah, Matt? Hebrews 10-4. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing that came to mind... Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, just real quick, you know, and I think for the, the pagans, unbelievers, too, that the, the, the gods actually needed that. You oh, know, they, yes. They needed to be fed, or they needed <laughs> that wheat sacrifice. They needed that money. And wait, we, we, as, as the Jews, and, and sorry for us as Christians, well, God doesn't need anything, right? <laughs> no, that's a great point, Matt, because if you think about it, that's... God gave us all that stuff. Exactly. They're all gifts from him anyway. Yeah. So why would he need for us to give 10% back? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. That's so anyway, a good point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Hebrews 10 and again about uh, sacrifice. Yeah. All right. And by that, we have been... Let me start over. Hebrews 10 verses 10. <laughs> And by that, we will have been sanctified. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I've, I've confused you. Read oh, verse re- 4. Read verse oh, 4. Oh, verse 4. Okay, You're wait, jumping I'm, down I'm, the chapter. Let me, let me rewind okay. a little bit yeah. here. For it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Yeah. So it just, and, and, and they understood that. You just, no, this isn't really taking care of sin. As you, as you pointed out so beautifully, we're doing this because we know someone else is going to do that. That's pointing ahead. Uh, and, and it's exactly what it says in Psalm 42. I know Hebrews is in the New Testament. <laughs> People either well, that doesn't tell us what the Jews believe. That's in the New Testament. But read Psalm 40, okay. verse 6. Yeah. Uh, in sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have not required. And, and, and in the Lutheran Confessions, there's a beautiful comment on that passage because, well, I'm thinking he did require sacrifices, didn't he? Wasn't that mm-hmm. in the law? And, and, and they point out, well, yeah, you did them, but what he required, what he has given us is an open ear which is to say the understanding that, no, we're not doing this to appease God, but we're doing this to point ahead to something that God has to do. Um, in fact, that was the, the really cool thing I learned from rereading the confessions on this particular issue. So you're right. I, I think everyone knows that this was pointing ahead to Jesus. But, but it was also reminding us, you can't take care of sin. Mm. It's not an issue you can deal with. Someone else has to substitute. Someone else has to come in and take your place. That has, that's the only way you can deal with sin, because you're a sinner. And you're just going to turn around and sin some more. But my dear father, Jerry Raymond, said to me the other day, he said, you know, I, I, I go to church and I take communion, and for like a minute there, I'm, I'm no longer a sinner. And I said, well, actually, Jerry, you're always a sinner, but your sins have been forgiven. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like for a minute, all right, your sins are gone, and, oh, maybe I better go back and take the Lord's Supper again, right? No, no, it's the fact that there ha- Well, let's read some more Scripture passages. Uh, uh, how about Hebrews 10? You wanted to read that in the worst way. <laughs> Hebrews 10, Finally, verse 10. I get to read Hebrews 10. <laughs> All right. It's about time. All right. And by that, we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And again, again, people, those people, that's in the New Testament. That isn't what the Old Testament teaches. No, no, the author of Hebrews is simply reflecting reflecting what the Old Testament said. How about Isaiah 53 there, too? Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt he shall see his offspring he shall prolong his days the will of the lord shall prosper in his hand 
Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. So, so people, this is why we do no, no, we're not going to sacrifice the holy gopher tomorrow. <laughs> or groundhog. A groundhog, that's, that's right. different, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, it is different. Oh, my goodness. Both rodent-like, both oh, live in the ground. No, but... no, but I'm so glad because right now the, the animal people out there are going, what? Doesn't you know what? That's groundhogs. That's not gophers day. <laughs> yes, thank you, Matt, for correcting me on that. I, I repent. <laughs> But yes, no. So, so we don't need to make any that those Levitical sacrifices have come to an end. God made the ultimate sacrifice. Everybody understood that they were waiting for God to make that sacrifice. It has come in Jesus. We don't need those. In fact, here's the thing, people: you're out there still sacrificing. I know there's some of you because I'm doing that too, thinking there's something I have to do. I've got to do. You absolutely have nothing to do. Seriously. I hope and pray everyone will hear the word of God and go to church. But you need to know right now, you do not need to do that as a sacrifice so that God does good to you this week. <laughs> yeah. Okay? That will, no, no, no. All sacrifices have been made and have been accomplished in Jesus Christ. In fact, let me give you one more proof that this is what the believing Jews thought. They were waiting for God to make the sacrifice. Would you go back to the story of the purification of Jesus in Luke chapter 2? Uh, and so we've got Mary... And she's doing what was required at this point because we don't have that propitiatory sacrifice done yet. So as a good Jew, she's coming with her child to be purified and making the sacrifice. Uh, oh, by the way, what, what did she sacrifice, Matt? Sacrifices here, uh, a pair of toter doves or two young pigeons. So. And, and, and just to show you, it wasn't about the sacrifice. Actually, that's not what you're supposed to sacrifice. You remember the Levitical law there? Yeah, it's supposed to be more than that. I think, well, I think there's a provision made for those yes. who are poor and yeah, destitute, yeah. which perhaps Mary and Joseph were. Uh, but yeah, the, the preferred sacrifice would be something bigger than that. A lamb. A lamb. A yeah. lamb. yeah, that's what you're supposed to sacrifice, a lamb. What did John the Baptist say when he saw Jesus? Oh, the Lamb of God, right? Yeah. He takes away the sin of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but see, that's the point, though. It wasn't about how great your sacrifice was. In fact, I think there's a passage, isn't it, where God says, I don't need a thousand of your rams. That's not what it's about, you silly people. Uh, uh, so, yeah, even Mary and Joseph, they, they go with the option. God said for the poor, yeah, you could do a couple. But I, lamb really is what you need to be. All right, anyway, I, but read the next verse, because I think this is so cool. Because this is also where we get the story of Simeon and Anna, but read read the next verse. Okay, now uh, where it says, now there was a man in Jerusalem yes, yeah, whose name yeah. was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Waiting for what? The consolation of Israel. Yeah, yeah. So the sacrifices are going on all over the place there. In fact, the sacrifice just happened right before his eyes. But that's not what they were concerned about. They were waiting for the consolation of Israel. Um, why don't you read... Verse 36, we could do the whole song of Simeon, which we do regularly in our worship service, but for time's sake, jump down to verse 36. Good. And there was a prophetess, Anna, our daughter's name. That's pretty cool. Uh, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple worshiping and fasting and prayer night and day. 
And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. There it is again, waiting for the what? Redemption. And the sacrifices are being made. But we know that's not the consolation. That's not the redemption. It's pointing ahead to the redemption and the consolation that's to come. And that day, see, it's not just the purification of Mary, but it's also the presentation of our Lord. On that day, we celebrate tomorrow the fact that we got to see that the uh, sacrifice is here and ours. Yeah. Here's my last point, though. Do you know we do have sacrifices, even as Christians? Isn't that right, Matt? Don't we have? In fact, here, read, read well, a couple passages. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah read, read 1 Peter 2 5, if you okay. would. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And, and the same thing in Romans 12, verse 1. Yeah, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Okay, and, and, and the Old Testament helps us define what those sacrifices are. Let me just throw a couple Old Testament passages. Uh, uh, read Psalm 50, verses 13 through 15. Sure. Uh, do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. So we don't need any propitiatory sacrifices. We don't need any bulls or blood of goats. No, no, that's been taken care of by Jesus Christ. However, what is it that God says he would like from us, according to Psalm 50 there? A prayer to call upon him. Yeah, praying. That's the sacrifice he's looking for. And isn't that neat? So what's he want you to do? He wants you to call upon him when you're in trouble. That's the sacrifice he's looking for. And we think, well, that seems like an easy enough sacrifice to yeah, me. Yeah, isn't that a beautiful thing? I got lots of trouble. So, okay, I didn't know that's what you're looking for. Uh, go back to Psalm 51. Or actually, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Since it is one chapter after Psalm 50. Sure. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. See, I don't need that. I don't need those those propitiatory. I, I gave you the propitiatory sacrifice. I'm sorry. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So what is it that God wants from us? Repentance. Yeah, that's, that's the sacrifice, to acknowledge that we need and that we rejoice in the. Well, I guess that's the other thing, Psalm 160. Uh, Psalm 16, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. So there's there's a whole prayer thing again, but there's also the thanksgiving, the fact that we have the propitiatory sacrifice. We don't need to do anything to be saved. Uh, oh, let's do another one. Psalm 4, 5, because it's all over the Bible. All right. Uh, offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. So what is the ultimate sacrifice God wants? Our trust, our yeah. faith, yeah, yeah, which is given by him in the first place, yeah, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not even our sacrifice in that respect, but, but yeah, to trust in the Lord in faith. So I would like to close with a quote from the Lutheran Confessions. We, we've come out of the closet. We're Lutherans. We're not trying to deny that. We're not yes. trying to hide that. Uh, because honestly, when I, when I read those passages from Peter, we need to make spiritual sacrifices. And even as a pastor, I kind of scratch my head and say, what are you talking about? Spiritual sacrifices. Does he mean that, oh, yeah, I got to go to church every week? Oh, yeah, yeah. Every night before I go to bed, I better fold my hands and read some prayer. And before meals. And before meals. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and am I, that's not bad. I'm not saying that's bad. That's a good thing. Good for you. I'm glad you do that. But is that the spiritual sacrifices he's talking about? Could you, could you read this quote from the uh, Apology 
of the uh, Augsburg Confession, because I, 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 what I like about it, it spells out in black and white, what is God looking for from us? Again, not to get us saved, not to get us forgiveness. No, we have that in Christ. You couldn't do a thing to get forgiveness. That propitiatory sacrifice was made. This is all God is looking for. Would, would you read that paragraph? Sure. We'll wrap up for The today. proclamation of the gospel, faith, prayer, thanksgiving, confession, the afflictions of the saints, Yes, all the good works of the saints. These sacrifices are not satisfactions on behalf of those who bring them, nor can they be transformed to merit the forgiveness of sins or reconciliation for others. Those who bring them are already reconciled. So there you go. All right, people. You don't need to do anything tomorrow or this week at all to get God to love you, but because he does love you and has forgiven you, call upon him, pray, be thankful. The afflictions of the saints. We should talk about that. How can our afflictions be a spiritual sacrifice? I I don't know that I can answer that, but it's something to reflect on. This has been Wrestling Wrestling with with the the basic. Basic.